0: know you can have as much as God as you want to have. How many of you know that? Praise God. And I'm really excited about this today. We've been talking for uh, several weeks now, actually five weeks. I think this is, I believe this is number six. Uh, We've been talking about this subject, winning in life. I believe we're going to wrap this up here today and we're going to get into some other things next week. But basically what I've been talking about here is some basic principles about how you can Begin to win in every single area of your life. You know, God's ultimate desire for you is that you win in life. Amen? So Thus far, we've talked about, uh, number one, we talked about the first step to winning in life is to have the right information. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We've got to have the right knowledge. Number two, the second step to winning in life is we have to have a right mental attitude. Okay? Number three, we talked about the third step is to winning in life is to realize that when you were born again, you were born into a winning team. Praise God. I mean, you changed families. You came into the kingdom of God. I don't care what your pedigree was in the natural. It doesn't matter. Amen? Some people talk and they brag about their family tree and all they've produced is really a bunch of nuts. (laughs) Well, you know... All of us had to come from somewhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it sure helps to know because we all have deficiencies in the natural. I don't care what type of family we came out of. And A lot of times it's so easy to look at someone else and say, boy, they have it so nice. They've got the perfect little family. Everything seems to run smooth. But you don't know what goes on behind the scene. You don't know what they have to deal with. All right. But regardless of the situation, we all from Adam, because we all came out of Adam, we have deficiencies in our life. And we're not relying upon our first birth. We're relying upon the new birth. Amen? Amen. See, the, the reason the world doesn't understand us yet is because they've only been born once. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? I saw a bumper sticker one time, and it was a mockery of the new birth. It says, I was born okay the first time. You ever see that before? Okay. Well, that's mocking the new birth, okay? Well, Jesus coined that phrase in John three three. You know, it says... Uh, He told Nicodemus, he says, you must be born again. Now, Nicodemus was thinking in natural terms. He's thinking, okay, I'm a full-grown man, beard, mustache. How do I get back into my mother's womb? He actually was saying that. Remember that in John 3? And Jesus said, look, I'm paraphrasing. He said, Nicodemus, I'm not talking about a natural birth. I'm talking about a spiritual rebirth. He says, no man can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. See Nicodemus came to him by night because he was chicken. He didn't want there was peer pressure in the movement there in, in Israel. So he came by night and he says, he's real impressed with Jesus. He said, "Jesus, I, God has to be with you. There's no way that you could do these miracles except God be with you." And Jesus didn't stand back and say, "That's impressive." You know what he did? He says... He got right, he cut the chase, got right to the root of that thing. He says, Nicodemus, you must be born again. What well, almost sounded like he was he was, he was changing the whole thing. He was getting to the heart of what needed to take place. Now my point being is this, is that when you're born again, the Bible says you've come out of spiritual death into spiritual life. We've been we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. I'm in a new family. You're in a new family. And uh, guess what? If you're a child of God, we're all family right now. You see, when you see each other as family, it doesn't matter what skin tone you are, what your background was. If you're in Jesus Christ, we're all related. How many of you know that? So uh, th- that was what we talked about, number three, is to be on a winning team. Now, number four, we talked about this last week, but we didn't get finished, okay? So we're going to hook right up again, just like, a, like train cars, hook up, okay? We're going to hook up where we left off last week. And the fourth thing we, we began to talk about to win in life is we have to be determined to win. We have to be determined. We can't be quitters. We can't be uh, easily give up. All right, we have to have some fortitude behind us. All right, and uh, in Hebrews chapter eleven verse six, we saw this scripture says that without faith it is impossible to please Him. Who's Him? God. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Now underline that phrase: diligently seek Him. Now notice, now this is interesting because I just felt led of the Lord to talk about rewards. Remember, just a few minutes ago. He's a rewarder of what? Those that diligently seek Him. Now what if I decide not to diligently seek Him? Then I won't be rewarded. Now that doesn't mean I won't go to heaven. But folks, I'm going to tell you that God has so much for us down here on this earth. No matter what we've been called to. See, a lot of times people translate this through their religious eyes, and they think, well, that's talking about pastors and preachers and teachers. No, this is talking about humanity. God rewards all of those in this room who diligently seek Him. One of my uh, teachers at Bible school, I'll never forget this, I forget who it was, but they made a statement that stuck with me, and that was in 1982. And they said this, they said, God blesses diligent seekers, not casual acquaintances. Kind of interesting, huh? Diligent seekers are people that have to... You know, there's no way that you can be a diligent seeker of God unless you first believe that He is. Yeah. Amen? Bring that up just a little bit, bro. The volume? Yeah. I want to make sure you get this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Diligent seekers of God guarantees that He will reward you now in this time, in this earth. He will reward you. I'm going to get a little more more detailed about that today. But there are great rewards for not giving up. There's great rewards for not giving up. How many of you know the easiest thing in the world to do is to give up? Any old dead fish can float down a stream, but it takes a live one to go upstream. You've seen the salmon, you know, over in Alaska that swim upstream and jump up, you know. and I mean, they're not dead. How many of you know that? Now, if if the bear catches them, that's another story. (laughs) Because they're ready for lunch. But anybody could just quit and give up, throw in the towel, give up, you know. It's the easiest because it takes no resistance whatsoever. Hallelujah. Now, when you fly, have you ever flown an aircraft before? You know... I never. I noticed this that like when I fly to Texas or Florida or something like that, you know, I notice that the t- there's a time difference be- between, if you look on your sheet, you know, it's like 15 minutes quicker coming back than it is going there. You know the reason why? There's a tailwind. There's a tailwind. And when a tailwind is behind the aircraft, it actually pushes the aircraft and it takes less effort to go further faster. Now, we have the wind of the Holy Spirit behind us like a tailwind to propel us and to help us to do the things that we've been called to do. But here's the thing. Here's the key. The key is we cannot do it apart from Christ. Jesus said in and in, um, we looked at this in prayer this morning before the church service started. We looked at John 15 where Jesus says, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Absolutely. I like put absolutely nothing. Apart from me, you can do Nothing. And he's talking about bearing fruit, you know, abiding in me, and my words, abiding in you, asking what you will. And he talked first and foremost about abiding in Christ, abiding in Him. Hallelujah. Now, God doesn't want us to treat Him like a spare tire. But, you know, there are believers that treat God like a spare tire. And how many of you know most of the spare tires today are those little freaking donuts? You know what I'm talking about? Say, what is this? I remember when those first came out, you know. And it's... uh, Interesting because you really don't think about a spare tire until you get a flat. But you know there's a lot of people that believe that the only time they really think of God is when their back's up against the wall and they got something tragic happened in their life and they're like, my God, we need prayer. Has it come to that? (laughs) Well, see, there's a better way to handle this, and that is to diligently seek God on a daily basis. Now, when I say that, I don't, I'm not insinuating that, you know, you've got to set aside two and three hours, you know, and be, be like a monk or something like that. And I'm talking about incorporating God in every area of your life. You can talk to God anywhere. How many of you know that? You don't have to be in church. You don't have to be on your knees, per se. You can talk to God in the shower. You can talk to God in your car, driving to work, or wherever you're going. And He will communicate back to you. All right? Now... He rewards those that diligently seek him. All right. Now, this is our fourth point and final point that we're going to talk about today. Is to win in life, we have to be determined to win. We have to be determined to win. And uh, if you go to Hebrews chapter, you're there or anyway, just go to Hebrews chapter 6. And I want to show you something today about ways that you cannot give up. Because it's easy to quit, it's easy to give up, it's easy to throw in the towel. You know, it's one thing to start a particular diet, it's another thing to stay on it. It's another thing to start a workout program, it's another thing to stay connected, right? All right? (laughs) It's the act of continuing that creates freedom. For something to work for you naturally, as well as spiritually, you have to continue doing what the Word of God has to say. Now here's a scripture in Hebrews chapter 6. It says, uh, verse 11, it says, And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Now, Notice verse 12, it says, Be not not slothful. What would we say? Lazy. Slacker. (laughs) We could say it like this, Don't be a slacker. He says, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Notice that we are to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, folks, that would have to be on the earth. For you to follow after someone that's inheriting something, you know, that's only reserved for heaven, you can't see that. Now, don't get me wrong, there are rewards in heaven for everything that we do. There really, really is. But there's also rewards here down on this earth right now. But he says we're to follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now I'm going to just quote this. You don't have to turn here. But the message part of this says, the message Bible says, don't drag your feet. Be like those that stay the course, committed faith and then getting everything promised to them. That's really good, isn't it? He said don't drag your feet. Now let's look at someone. We're going to look at someone in the Bible who's to me, is one of the greatest examples. And we're going to bring this into today where we're at right now. What is today? The 26th okay. of March. We're going to look at a biblical example of someone who, through faith and patience, inherited the promises. And we're going to see some of the secrets that they did because what they did is no private interpretation. In other words, they're written there for us so that we can see the things, the steps that they took in order to be What we're talking about here. Go to uh, Isaiah chapter 51. Isaiah chapter 51. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 51, and this is a, maybe you've never read this before, but I think this scripture is pretty awesome. (laughs) It says, Hearken unto me, you that follow after righteousness. Ye that seek the Lord, look unto the rock whence you are hewn, and the hole in the pit uh, whence you are digged. All right? Can you dig it? <laughs> he, says, he says, look. And then verse 2, he says, Look unto Abraham your father, and to Sarah that bore you, for I called him alone, blessed him, and increased him. Okay? Okay? Now verse 3 says, For the Lord shall comfort Zion. Now there's Zion in the New Testament is the church. That's us. The Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all those waste places, and He will make their wilderness like Eden, and the desert like a garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving in the voice of melody. Praise God. Now notice this scripture. Maybe this is new to you, but The Bible says here in Isaiah that we are to look unto Abraham and to look unto Sarah and to see how God increased them, how God multiplied them when they were 100 years old. Praise God. And just if if you think that you're actually over the hill, you're not. You're not. You're only as old as you think you are, I'll be honest with you. Amen? You know, you can age without thinking old. How many of you know that? You can still become relevant. Praise the Lord. I remember about 10 years ago, I ran into, a, I'll be 57 this week, but I was probably 45 at the time, or my lower 40s. And I ran into a kid that I graduated from high school at Panera Bread. I happened to run into him, you know. And In fact, I had led him to the Lord when I was in high school. That was another story. And his name was Pat, you know. And... uh he was in the uh, automotive industry. His dad owned a car company, and he was taking over for his car as far as fixing automobiles and things like that. And, and I ran into him. He was like, man, we haven't talked to each other in many, many, many years, you know. And um, so we got to talking. You know, I'm probably 44 at that time, and uh, he said, uh, how you doing, Keith? I said, it's going great, you know, and so forth. We're just catching up. It's been so many years, you know, since probably uh, 1979 since I last saw him. He says, well, you know, I said, well, how are you doing? He goes, well, you know how it is when we get our age. <laughs> things start going, you know. He's like this with his back, you know. and I'm thinking, are you crazy? You're 42 years old and you're acting like you're 95? But see, that's a, that's a prevailing mindset in a lot of people, okay? But, you know, you don't... This is another subject, but listen... For you to go to heaven, you don't have to check out of here with some sickness and disease. You don't have to die of some dreaded disease in order to leave this earth. And I'll, I'll prove that to you at some other point here. But uh, God wants us to live out the number of our days on this earth, praise God. But I want you to notice that verse 2, it says, We are to look unto Abraham our father and Sarah that bore you. For I called him alone, blessed him, and increased him. Now why would the Bible say that we're supposed to look to him? Because we're, to, we're supposed to follow those who through what? Faith and patience inherit the promises. And I think it's pretty wild that God would call someone that's 100 years old and then He says, well, we're going to get started now. Okay? <laughs> because that gives all of us hope. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying, right? So let's go to Hebrews chapter. Four, And I want to show you, basically, I'm going to go through a couple of scriptures this morning in the time that we have left. I want to show you some promises for people that just don't quit, that just don't give up. Have a bulldog tenacity, and a bulldog will latch on to something just will not let go. Their jaws kind of lock, you know what I mean? If you know anything about bulldogs, they'll just grab on, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, praise God. But there's, a, there's also a bulldog tenacity in the spirit realm. And one thing I do know, every pastor is different. Every pastor has a different calling, a different anointing. You know, there's, there's no two churches, no two pastors that are exactly like, man, I don't try to be like anybody else. I just try to be like who I'm, God made me to be. And one thing I do know is this. God has called me to bring us up to a level of maturity in Christ. That we're not going to just stay down here on, on a low ebb spiritually. You know what I'm saying? God wants us to grow. He wants us to mature. And He wants us to, to rise up in this life. Amen? And one of the ways not to, to, to do that, the, one of the ways to do that is not to quit, not give up. And too, too many times people are too quick to give up. And one of the reasons is, is people look at other people that failed. And I've had that through the years. I've had people come up to say, you know, Uh, uncle so-and-so or aunt so-and-so, they were supposedly believing God and they died and went to heaven. They died. Why? You know what I'm saying? Well, first of all, we don't know what was in their heart. We don't know what was in their heart. Did they have a fight on the inside of them? Or did they they just say the right things when they're around other people? Okay? I think that radio's on. You might want to click that thing off there. I hear something in the background. I hear rap music or something. (laughs) I don't want no competition. (laughs) Amen. But we we can't look at other people that that failed, okay? Because we just don't know what was in their heart. But over here in Hebrews chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 14 and 15. I love this. And Again, we're talking about this final point here. To be determined to win. Hebrews 4.14 says, seeing then that we have a great, and this is talking about Jesus, seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our now, the King James says profession. The actual Greek New Testament says confession. Okay? He goes, We've got this great high priest. In fact, he's an unchangeable high priest. And a high priest was in the Old Testament, if you know anything about the Old Testament under Levitical law, the, the, the high priest, boy, talk about a position. But he, he represented the people and the people would come and, and he would offer up sacrifices year after year, once, once a year for the children of Israel for not forgiveness, just to cover their sins. They weren't remitted, okay. And, uh, but he had a really important job. But in the New Testament, we have a high an unchangeable priesthood, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, and He represents us with His blood. All right? And it says, we have this high priest in verse 14. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Say, hold fast. fast. Now, that's King James. We would say it more like this. Hold on. Hang on. Don't let go. When I was a kid in youth camp, you know, and I was 12 years old, I remember specifically, I was at this camp, Camp Allegheny. I remember this. Methodist youth camp. And every year we would go there. You know, they had different things, events planned for kids and what have you. But one of the things I really liked, I mean, we rode horses and stuff like that, but we had a tug of war. Okay? Hundreds of kids. And I'm telling you, they'd get this long bull rope, real thick bull rope, and it was really long. It was like a 100 foot long. It was really long. And, uh, and then, of course, there's this little muddy, nasty pond, okay? And one group would stand on one side, and the other group would stand on the other side. And, you know, you've seen tug-of-wars before, you know? And, uh, and what happens is, is that uh, the weaker side will swim in the mud, <laughs> right? So whoever hangs on, and I saw people give up. They said, oh, I just can't do this anymore, you know? And it was boys and girls back then, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? And uh but it was fun to watch those people on the losing side get thrown into the water and come out muddy and mucky and everything else, you know, and, and uh but nobody liked to lose that. They wanted to win, be on the winning side. But in order for to you to win a tug of war, you gotta hang on, you gotta hold fast and you gotta dig in, amen, and pull and pull and pull. This is basically what he's saying right here. We have a high priest, Jesus Christ, that has passed into the heavens. Let us hold fast our confession. And then verse 15. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but but in all points was tempted like we, yet without sin. See, Jesus is sympathetic in the fact that He knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to be in a hard place, just like you have been he knows what it's like to want to quit and to give up all right he is a sympathetic high priest but knowing that we have a high priest in heaven that's on our side rooting for us gives me great motivation but notice it says that we are to you know we're talking about this being determined this final step right here we have to know how to be determined. And I say one of the best ways that you can stay determined is to keep God's word in your mouth. Amen. Keep God's word in your mouth. Say what the word of God has to say about you. Praise God. Jump over to Hebrews 10. You're right there anyway, but go to chapter 10. And uh, I believe the Apostle Paul was the writer of Hebrews. And uh, he was uh, saying some things. And there's a theme that you can see through the book of Hebrews. In chapter 10, verse 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. And have an amen. amen. <laughs> now wait a minute, brother Keith. You mean that's the way I'm supposed to come before the Lord with boldness? Are you kidding me? No, we're not to come timidly, sheepishly—if that's a word. We're not. We're supposed to come boldly before the throne of God through the what? Because of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus annihilated sin in a sin consciousness to give you the boldness and the authority to step in, to step in. And I'll tell you the truth, this is something we can pray for because the New Testament bears that out. You'll find in Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul, (laughs) he says... Pray for me that utterance might be granted to me. And also, number two, that I might be bold to speak the word of God. And I'll tell you this, folks. The more bold that you are, now I'm not talking about arrogance. That's pride. But I'm talking about a confidence in knowing who you are. Because here's the thing. The Lord spoke this to me last week, and I'll never forget it. He said, Keith, you can get through your covenant from me what you could never get otherwise. We have a covenant with God that's unchangeable, a contract with God that's unbreakable. The Lord said, my covenant I will not break nor alter the thing that's gone out of my lips. He makes his covenant with his word. And when God says something with his word, you can take it to the bank, sweetheart. Because God cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. What God said in His Word, He will do. That which He's spoken, He will bring it to pass. Remember, remember Numbers chapter 23 says, God is not a man that He should lie, neither the Son of Man that He sh- should repent. Hath He not said it, shall He not make it good? Hath He not spoken it, shall He not bring it to pass? Okay? You can be, for, you can be persuaded one way or the other here today. It's completely in your hands. I choose to be persuaded by the Word of God. Amen. 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 Not by what someone else says that's contrary to the Word of God. And there's a lot of them out there. Even so-called preachers sometimes, you know. And just because they got a gospel microphone doesn't mean they're speaking truth from the Word of God. How many of you find out to be true? You have to... You have to balance things in light with the scripture or what they're saying. Is it based on the scripture and is it producing faith? Mm -hmm. It's got to produce some faith on the inside of you. Amen. Not just to hear some fancy Bible lesson. You know, I could get up here and use $100 words and try to act real fancy and real educated, you know. But what good is that going to do you? Even the Apostle Paul who was the most educated, I mean he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He said, my, preach, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but was in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. Basically, he was saying, I could have really fancied you guys. I could have came along and used all kind of big words, fancy words, the Greek and Hebrew. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth. he said this, you know. He was an uneducated plumber that had documented 24 people raised from the dead under his ministry. Now that's 24 more than me. Well, it ain't over yet. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I've seen people spiritually raised from the dead. When someone gets born again, that's being raised up. But he said this, because he had like a first grade education, uneducated. And the only book that he, the Lord taught him to actually read was the Bible. He, didn't, he couldn't read anything else. But the Bible. But he was a man of faith. And they, he was an English man. He, someone came, brother, Wigglesworth, what's the secret to your power? What's the secret to your success? He said, well, some people read the Bible in Greek. Others read it in Hebrew. I read it in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so you could know the Greek and the Hebrew and still miss God. Okay? But there is a power. He was, he was so... See, he knew that he couldn't lean on his education. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with getting an education. Nothing. I'm not criticizing that. Get all you can. Use it for the glory of God. But don't utterly depend on that. Depend on Christ. Depend on the anointing. Depend on the one that lives on the inside of you to put you over in life. See, I, I recognize my inabilities more than anybody else. And I know where God has brought me from more than anybody else. I know what I used to couldn't do at all. And now I'm able to do it. That, that humbles me. That makes me realize, God, without you, I can do nothing. I'm dependent upon you. I'm leaning on you. That's the safest place to be. Is your dependence upon the Lord. So he says here in verse 19, Hebrews 10, 19, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest. Now that means the holy of holies. Amen? By the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say His flesh. Now look at verse 21. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. Now look at verse 23. Let us Hold fast. Now notice that phrase again. Hold fast the profession or the confession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Now notice that phrase in verse 23. We are to what? Hold fast to what? Our confession of what? Faith. Now. Now. I just saw something here. Let us hold fast the profession or the confession of our faith. What produces faith? Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So in other words, faith is a byproduct of hearing the Word. When you hear God's Word, faith shows up. Okay? When you hear God's Word... Faith comes. Well, brother, I just feel so weak in faith. Well, you don't have a faith deficiency. You have a word deficiency. Good, okay? Now, let's read on here because this is all one. This, is, this was not written chapter and verse, okay? It says, verse 23, Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he's faithful that promised. In other words, He'll do what He said. Mm-hmm. Then He says, Let us consider in one another and provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the custom of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now here's, God is saying right here, this is to a congregation of people right here, that we are to provoke one another to love and good works. That's what should take place and I believe does take place in a body like ours along with other churches that are out there. We're not the only church on the, on, out there, you know what I'm saying? But a church should be a place where we can, we can provoke one another. Now you know what it's like to be provoked the wrong way. Someone takes you off. <laughs> Someone makes you upset. Okay. We get irritated sometimes. But we do. We're, that's the human side of us. But he said we're to provoke one another to good works. In other words, we can influence people. We ought to folks, we ought to be influencing people all the time around us for good, for God. How many of you know that? My lifestyle, I want it to speak volumes to people, not just what I say, but how I live. And I mean that sincerely. I don't want to be a stumbling block for someone else. Praise God. Because most of the time if you get have a flesh, a fit of carnality, there's other people that are going to be standing there watching it. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. You lose your temper, well, you didn't lose it, you found it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he says that that, you know, he says we're not to forsake the assembling, that means church gathering, we're not to forsake that, but as the manner or custom of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day of Christ approaching. Amen? Do you see in the scripture how plain that is? But here what I want to show you there is the verse 23. Let us hold fast our confession. Okay? Now, in order to be determined to win in life, and what I mean mean by determined to win in life is that whatever you're battling against. Let's say you have a a pain or a sickness, okay? You're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. That's the only fight we're called to actually be in. Doesn't it say that, in Timothy? It says, fight the good fight of faith. Well, a good fight is a fight that you win, okay? But uh, folks, uh, this is so, it would take, I see it so plain and clear. The only fight that we're in is actually this fight to stay in faith, To stay in faith. Because if we get out of faith, then we miss the promise. We miss the blessing. Now, there are some things that I've... uh, And I've been doing this for a little time. I've been walking with Christ since 1976. Okay? Really started really, really serving God in 1980. Okay? Is when I really, really took it seriously. Got baptized with the Holy Spirit transformed my life and I started and I got into a good church um, uh, and that's where I met my lovely wife praise the Lord we'll be married 35 years this, year, this July glory to God amen and it just keeps getting better amen I'm telling you it just gets better and better thank you Lord I get better looking all the time amen <laughs> and uh, anyway what was I saying <laughs> I lost my train of thought here my goodness I tripped over myself here <laughs> but anyway I I started okay here's what I was saying is where I, I got into a good faith-filled church back back in the in the uh, in 79 in 1980 in 1981 and that's where I met Lynn and the, and the, the pastor that that I was sitting under at that time, came out of the same Bible school that I came out of. That's where God called me to go. And it it was just so supernatural. I mean, God just supernaturally did things and brought people together and just, it was amazing. But one thing I noticed about that group of people is, and I'm telling you what, they were so diligent about seeking God. I mean, they about beat the doors down. And I don't, I just don't buy the fact, well, we're in a different time. That was a different era, you know. You can be hungry for God anytime you want. Amen. Amen. But I started to learn things about the subject of confession and speaking God's word that I never heard before. Amen. And so I began to realize that I was having a hard time in some of these areas because I wasn't wasn't holding fast the confession of my faith. You know. And there are some things that uh, sometimes you'll confess the word of God. You'll say certain things. And your mind will say this to you. I wonder if that's ever going to come to pass. Am I the only one that's ever had that? No. Well, there's a demon sitting there on your right shoulder, your left shoulder, and you know, because he is. Let me tell you something. When Satan talks to you, you don't have to hear it out. Need with these ears here. You, when you hear doubt, fear, unbelief, wonderment, I wonder, you know, you know who's talking to you. And so. Uh, there are some things, uh, for example, in the last 10 years that I'd been confessing in my life. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but it's the Word of God about some areas in my life. And I'll tell you what, I just got on that thing. And there were times that I got weary with it, you know? And there's times that I just, I got to get back on track. I got to start saying the Word of God over this situation. And I had something come to pass. I don't have to tell you what it is, but something came to pass last Sunday night. Supernaturally, that I've been confessing for about 10 years. Wow. 10 years. Amen. And from the natural, it looked big. Okay? Amen. And my mind was, how's this going to happen? How's that going to happen? You know? And you know what the, the Lord shared with me in my spirit? He says, He says, No, son, I want you to, show, I'm going to show you something. It pays to be faithful to speak my word. And when you feel like quitting and you feel like giving up and you say, nah, this stuff isn't working, you know, you know, um, know this, that it is happening. And God is working behind the scenes. Okay? Uh, back in 1989, I don't remember which month it was, but in 1989, I had the Holy Spirit say something to me along these lines that revolutionized my thinking. And I still hold it. In high esteem before me. Because why were how come all these scriptures are in there about holding fast your confession? Is your confession that important? Yes. Okay? Now he's not talking about, you know, if you're standing before, you know, some enemy or something, they're getting you to try to deny Jesus and you confess Jesus as well. That's not what he's talking about here. He's talking about confessing the word of God over your life. Okay? But the Holy Ghost spoke something to me. And he said this, and he based it on Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. It says, you know, that, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. with a heart man believeth unto righteousness. With a mouth, confession is made unto salvation. How do you get saved? Believe it in your heart, say it with your mouth. Jesus is Lord. It's that easy to get saved. Well, the Lord spoke to my heart, and He said this. The Holy Ghost in me said this He says, Keith, if the words of your mouth changed your eternal destiny, how much more will the words of your mouth change the everyday affairs of your life? Well, there was a time when I said, Jesus, come into my heart. Memorial Day weekend, month of May, 1976. I remember the spot. You know, I said Jesus come into my heart I knew something transformed inside me I was a different person I was a new creature I didn't understand it but I was a new person glory to God I was a new brand new creature that I knew it but I didn't understand it but I knew something happened well the Lord was showing me he says no Keith you made Jesus the Lord of your life by saying something now however you say Jesus come into my heart you can say it under your breath and it will still happen I said, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So here's here's what the Lord did. He said, if if the words of your mouth changed your eternal destiny, that's the ultimate. I was bound for hell. Now I'm going to heaven because I said something. Jesus is Lord. (laughs) Amen? Amen? Jesus is Lord. No devil, no demon, no evil spirit could stop that. Amen. Couldn't stop it with me, didn't stop it with you. If they're that powerful, they would have stopped you from doing that. Amen. But they couldn't stop you. Amen. Now here's the thing. You've already received the greatest miracle in your life that exists on the earth. The new birth. The greatest miracle cannot be seen with a natural eye. But it's a transformation of the human spirit going from darkness... To light. How many of you remember what it was like to be in darkness and you came to the light? You've already received a greater miracle than being raised from the dead. You've already received a greater miracle than seeing an arm grow out. And folks, we're going to see stuff like that in these last days. We're going to have people that are going to come into congregations like faith-filled congregations that don't have limbs. And God's going to create a new limb. Missing fingers, missing limbs, missing organs, and all of a sudden, bam. God heals. That's not that's a miracle, that's not a healing. Someone doesn't have an eardrum, God makes an, an eardrum. Someone needs a new lung, someone needs a new heart. And God has no shortage of those things. Gary Wood, I don't know if you've ever heard of Gary Wood before, that he was he's a man of God, preacher of the gospel. Uh, in his 70's. And when he was in his 20's uh, and he was a gospel singer and so forth you know and just was raised in, a, in a, a godly home you know. And he was with his sister and they were traveling somewhere. And they got I don't know if they got blinded by the light or something. Something happened and he ran into a back of a tractor trailer. I mean full speed you know. And uh, he was dead on the scene. He died right there on the scene. Okay? Now, I'll tell you a little story about this because he came back to life. But uh, he had a praying family. Have you ever heard of Gary Wood before? And, and Gary has a book about it. It's just phenomenal. You know, he's just the real deal. And he said, when well, he died, he said he looked down he said, my God, he, I looked down and I saw the car. I saw my body laying there. You know? And he said he looked down and he and he went up into heaven. And he was up there for, for hours. He went up into heaven. And he said, it was the most glorious thing I've ever experienced, ever. He says, my, he goes, I did not want to leave. He goes, it was peace beyond any peace I've ever known, joy, peace. He said, the most amazing love. God just, I felt like liquid love. God just loved me for who I was. He said, it is the most incredible thing you can imagine. To make a long story short, the Lord showed him in that time that he was up there around heaven, and they came to this one room, this big massive room, and, uh, and they, his angel, who was about 10 foot tall, took him into this room, opened this big door, walked into this room filled with light in this room, he said, and he said the most unusual thing, he saw body parts all over the place. He saw hearts, he saw lungs, he saw legs and arms and brains and different things, all the different body parts, and he was baffled by this. He says, what is, what is this? And the Lord spoke to him. He says, "Oh well, son, these are unclaimed body parts for my children. These are unclaimed body parts for my children. Now, I know that there's somebody else that actually went to heaven and saw the exact same thing. Okay? But make a long story short, He was just so enthralled about being there in heaven like that, you know. And just, I mean, joy beyond anything you've ever known. And then the Lord took him to this curtain and he opened up this curtain. And the Lord told him, it was like watching a movie. The Lord said, you're going to have to go back to the earth. You're not finished yet. And when he pulled the curtain back, he saw, I think it was his sister praying. He literally saw his sister praying. And 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 her prayer was, Lord, I'm not going to let him die. I'm using the name of Jesus. He has got to come back. And Jesus looked at him and says, I, I told you, you've got to go back now. Okay? <laughs> and zzz, right back into his body, he went there in the hospital room. Amen? Now it took him some time to recover because he was so messed up. Now here's the interesting thing. He, uh, in this car wreck that he was in, he, uh, he's got you know his voice box, the larynx and everything that that he was a singer, okay? Now, this thing was cut in half, okay? Which technically means you can't talk anymore, let alone sing, okay? But Jesus reassured him that everything was gonna be all right, all right? And so while he's in the hospital room, the Lord ministered to him, and uh, make a long story short, They knew that he couldn't talk, not even let alone try to talk because his voice box is complete. There's no way to restore that. Okay? And so uh, one of the doctors or nurses came into the room and and he talked out loud and and the the nurse was holding a tray of food and she dropped the food and went everywhere, (laughs) splattered on the floor. You can go on YouTube. You can watch this. I'm telling you. And uh, the man's reputable. And... uh, to make a long story short, they did another x-ray on him. And when they did the x-ray, they still found that the larynx in the voice box is totally destroyed. And they can't figure out why he can talk and even sing to this day. Hallelujah. It's an ongoing miracle. Hallelujah. Okay? Even to this day, if they showed it on the x-ray, if they, sh- they took, took another x-ray, they'd find it's impossible for him to talk and for him to even sing. And even preach. But it's an ongoing wonder and miracles. The Bible talks about signs and wonders. What's a wonder? It makes people wonder. <laughs> well, if people are in that position, then you direct them to Jesus. You direct them here's why I'm able to do this. Okay? Hallelujah. And uh, it's just an amazing thing. But he is one of the preachers that I've really... When I've heard him, he talks a lot about holding fast the confession of your faith without wavering. Okay? Man, I thought I was going to finish this today. I'm already out of time. We were going to look at Abraham and we just didn't have time, (laughs) but that's okay. Look at one more scripture, Revelation 3.11. Jesus is saying this in Revelation. He says, Behold, I come quickly. Even so, Lord, come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Hold fast. Hang on. Hang on to it. Hang on to it. Amen? There is no greater way that I know of and if I knew it, I'd tell you. There's no. Now, when I say this, I'm not saying that I have missed it at times, haven't failed, quit speaking like I need to speak. There are times that I, I got weary. But when, I, when the Lord reminded me of something, Keith, you've been saying this for over 10 years, and all of a sudden, like popcorn, it just happened. Something happened. One thing. That's just one thing that happened. Um, that encouraged me to keep on my confession, to say what God's... See, this is not bondage. Folks, that sounds like people... I've heard people say that. This is like bondage. you got to speak the word. Are you kidding me? You don't have to speak the word. You get to speak the word of God because what you speak, God says He'll produce the fruit of your lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The Bible says that. The Bible says the tongue of the wise is health and healing. Amen? So I make sure that I'm speaking health scriptures over my body. No one cares for my body like I do. <laughs> okay? In the natural, no one cares for your body like you do. Correct? Well, God does. Because your, your body, folks, your body is His body anyway. Amen? So if we'll just, that's right. Our bodies are the temples of God, okay? And we're to glorify God in our body and in our spirit, which belong to God. Oh, my, my, my. Just hold fast. Hold on. Hold on to the confession of faith that you have. And you will eventually rise up above those dooming circumstances. But if you let go, and you quit, and you give up, and you quit saying that God has nothing to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, carpenters have tools, don't they? Yes. Plumbers have tools. Electricians have tools. There's tools that go with that particular trade. For them to do the job that they're anointed to do, they're qualified to do, they need those tools for it to happen. You can get the best carpenter in the world. They know how to build a house, you know, a beautiful home for you and so forth. Well, you need more than carpenters for a house. You plumbers, electricians, all that kind of stuff. But let's just say you're in that stage where you need a carpenter, all right? Well, they're virtually, they're useless and helpless. They might be the best in the world. But if they don't have tools to do with their anointed equipped to do then they're going to sit back and just fold their hands and say well there's not much I can do I need tools now there are tools that God needs you know after all Jesus was a what he was a carpenter how would you like to have a table made by Jesus (laughs) or a chair or something like that who made that for you Jesus okay Jesus is still a master at making things out of a mess. Okay? A good carpenter, an old ancient carpenter can take just a big piece of wood and make something beautiful out of it. Amen? And I'll tell you, what are the tools that God needs for Him to work, continue to work on our behalf is the words of our mouth. He is the high priest of our what? Confession. What does that mean in closing today? Jesus Christ is the high priest of our confession. That means he needs our words to work with. That's the tools to bring to completion and to bring to pass the things that you want to see happen in your life. Sure. So when I look at myself in the mirror, I lay hands on myself. I say, First Peter 2.24, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Oh, what's oh, that pain in my back? You know what I mean? Don't be distracted by that. Now, I'm not saying don't take your... I'm never going to say don't take your medicine because, listen, if you're healed, you won't need medicine, okay? Just going without your medicine is not going to heal you. You'll just get to the point you won't need it, okay? So don't let that mess, mess with your head, all right? But by His stripes, I was healed. I get up the next morning, I still feel the same. Folks, I've proven this out many, many times. Last, last week, for example, I, I didn't say a word to my family about it, because I felt led not to. I had this pain in my neck that was pain like you wouldn't believe. I never said a word to my wife about it. Now, sometimes I do. It just depends on the circumstances. But I had this pain that was in my neck, and it throbbed for two days. But the Lord said this. Who are you going to look to? I'm going to look to you, Lord. You know what I did? I slapped myself. (laughs) I did. I go, pain, get out of there in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Y'all been wanting to do that anyway, didn't you? (laughs) I just saw Liam there slapping his brother. Amen. Just gave him a reason why. I, just, I knew I wanted to slap him anyway. right? I love it. I love it. I love kids, man. They're awesome. Praise God. Great kids, by the way. Phenomenal kids. Phenomenal kids. They got an anointing on them. Those two, those two boys right there have got an anointing on them and the keeping power of God is on them because God has honored your prayers yes, yes, and I'm telling yes. you what, they're going to be raised to be mighty men of God. Praise mighty you. men Praise of God. You. Praise God. Praise God's heard your faith. God's heard your prayers and it will come to pass. They're going to stand out. They're going to stand out. Something upon them, the anointing upon them. So, the, you know, Uh, If we're only saying what the Bible says, and that doesn't mean symptoms won't try to come. Symptoms of lack will still try to come when you're speaking God's Word about God meeting all your needs. You're going to still have, something's going to show up. You know what I'm saying? But it's all wind and waves. It's all designed to get your eyes off Jesus and get your eyes on the circumstances so you begin to sink. Okay? But when you... Fix your attention and you fix yourself and you drag yourself, say, Come on over here, Brother Keith. Open that Bible and read what's in the Bible or get on on your face and you pray right now. We're going to pray because your body doesn't want to pray sometimes. How many of you know that? But you drag yourself, say, Come on, we're going to the prayer room right now. We're going to pray. Come on. All right? Because your body has a voice, it doesn't want to do that sometimes. Your body doesn't want to speak the word sometimes. But you know what? We know too much. Praise God. I want to win. How about you? I want to win in life. Praise the Lord. And the way that we win is we keep saying what God's word says. Just take a few minutes a day. You could do it driving in your car. Find a few promises and you begin to speak them out loud. By his stripes I was healed. Philippians 4.19 My God will supply my every need. Thank you Lord Jesus. Amen. And I'll tell you what. Some of the... I had doubt in my head when I was telling you about that testimony that happened. I had doubt in my head that it was even going to happen. But I believed it in my heart. And some of the greatest miracles, Brother Hagan said this. He said some of the greatest miracles he ever saw came to him when he had faith in his heart, but he had doubt in his head. So just get used to the fact you're going to have doubt, doubtful thoughts, fearful thoughts hit you. And it ain't going to work for you. You know, can I tell you, can I be honest with you about something Every time I pray about anything, there's this thought over here saying, It's not going to happen. <laughs> you don't have enough faith. You haven't prayed long enough. And this voice of condemnation starts coming. You don't have what it takes. Da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? You know how the enemy is. So, no, you know what? You have enough. Every one of you in this room, you have enough faith to raise the dead. Every one of you in this room have enough faith to get healed in your physical body. Every one of you in this room have enough faith to see yourself totally get out of debt supernaturally. Supernaturally. And see those relatives come into the kingdom of God. And see those boys and girls come into the kingdom of God. You have what it takes. There's no faith shortage. We have the Word. The Word. If we esteem the Word. What's that? Scripture says, I esteem thy words more than necessary food. Praise God. I esteem. This is God speaking to me. The God's Word is God speaking to me. You can read any chapter in the Bible. You can open up to any chapter in the Bible and read it and God will speak to you right there. You know that? If you if you say, God, show me something here, show me something, and you open up the 1 Corinthians chapter 13 or 15, you know, and you read that thing, and say, Holy Ghost, show me, show me something in here I need to see. All of a sudden, bam, you start to see something and go, Wow, I didn't see that. Amen. That happened this morning as we were ministering on the Word of God. And your eyes get open, praise God. Hold fast that. Which thou hast. That's what he says. Jesus said that in Revelation. Hold on. How long? Till Jesus comes back. Amen. You got something, hon? Uh, okay. Let's take a praise break and just thank him for a second here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Thank You so much, Lord. Thank You so much, Lord. Thank You, thank You, thank You. Thank You, thank You. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Praise You, Father. Praise You, Father. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise You, Father. Oh, thank You, Lord. I'll do that, Lord. Jesus never said, you'll find in the, in the book of Acts that the, the, the disciples really didn't pray for the sick. They just laid hands on people. You don't find them really praying for people. They're just laying hands. Because Jesus said, go lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You just had faith to believe that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bring that back to my remembrance, Lord, what you just said to me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, endure.
1: And don't brochea rovete, for you will walk down that brostevrete caso, and you won't go there, and you won't go there, but you will brostrevede asam sambrovette, for you have heard masovertote and dorraspetto. As you
0: as you stand upon my word, you're standing upon the rock. For my word is a rock, an unshakable rock. And when you stand upon my word, and you speak my word, and you endure hardness as a good soldier, as I've said in my word, then the reward will come greatly to you. Many have become, many of my children have become discouraged and despondent and even depressed over things that I've given them authority over. But know this today, as my word is being being revealed to you and the power of my word and the power of speaking my word, know this, that when you do your part, I will always do my part. For I am the high priest of your confession. And I will see to it that if you hold fast your confession... Know this, I will bring to pass the very words that you're saying in mine ear. Ha
1: Ha-ha. ha ha. And so you will, ha ha ha. And you will broveriste. for you will see de grange, de and you won't have to bros for you will bros de vrekasam Yeah.
0: It'll not be so much a labor and an effort on your part, saith the Lord. For we are, as I said in my word, your labors together with me. It's not just you down here doing the laboring. We're connected together. We're linked together. We're covenanted together. And when you take my word, I take that very seriously. For you see, I am the author of my word. And when you speak my word, that word will go back to heaven and it will not return void, but it will accomplish that which I please. And yes, it will prosper to the thing that it's been sent to do. For don't you know that I said in my word that I sent my word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions? And so you, you, the body of Christ, can speak my word unashamedly, boldly. You can send the word and the word will produce for you, saith the Lord.
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah, ha, ha. Uh, no, broviti sabroke. Ha, locure vendes te sabroveka, my light yes. will come and gros for more, 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 mm. more, more sabrekeste. Yes. For my glory shall gros te vriket It will cut to the gros te it and then it will shall brokeste to the gros de vrike
0: Don't you know that I've said in my word, saith the Lord, that the entrance of my word giveth light and giveth understanding to the simple? And as you say what I say, The light of God, which is my word, will shine upon your path. And when you speak my word and you say what I say in my word about you, then the light of God, the glory of God, the glorious word of God will shine upon your path. Now you will be able to look and you'll be able to see, oh, that's what I need to do. Oh, here's where I need to go. Here's what I need to do. For the light of my word will shine upon your path and there'll be no confusion. There'll be no question. You'll know that you'll know that you'll know as you say what I say and believe what I say I will bring it to pass in your life praise the Lord praise the Lord, Jesus. Praise, praise, Jesus. The Lord. Praise, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. yeah
1: there's something else there Lord yeah, yeah. Yeah. more yes. for more there's more don't die great for you will come and it won't they say, call for you will rode cast ofunda, and the glory will broke sake, and you will rise in brokasai Ros de Sande. Yes. yes.
0: As I said in my word, do not become weary in well doing, for in due season, as I say, you shall reap if you faint not. Faint not, saith the Lord, in the day of adversity. Faint not in the day where you depart from your confession of your lips, but be diligent to say what I say. Be bold to say what I say. For you see, I'll bring things to pass that you never dreamed possible. Don't try to figure out with your brain. Don't try to figure out with your mind how this is going to happen, how that's going to happen. That's in my department, saith the Lord. Your job is to do what I said, and that is to speak my word. And if you'll speak my word, I'll do what you've said. I will bring it the past, and you'll stand and you'll be amazed and you'll be filled with joy and say, My God, I didn't know it could be this good. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. 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 Thank, you, Thank you, Lord. Glory Lord to brovete. God.
1: So be quick to bro Be quick to brovete. Be quick to bro for you will bro
0: Be quick, saith the Lord, to forgive when somebody does something to you. For many have done things that they weren't even aware of it. But that should be of little difference to you. You release forgiveness upon your enemies. You release forgiveness upon people. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. that disappointed you. Release forgiveness. Say, Lord, I forgive them. I forgive and I release them. Hallelujah. Oh, Medikihi Shishia. Brokoba. The Oke Messi. The Oke Messi. Romokanisa. Bremeleke Tanisa. Brondeleke Tasisi. Shepekro Sokoklana. Shechemekar Mongroso. You know, uh, uh, the Lord just uh, reminded me of when Daniel was praying. Uh, remember that? vision that he had. He was praying for the interpretation of that. Remember that? And uh, and the angel came to him. Gabriel, I think it was Gabriel, came to him. And uh, and he says, I was sent one and twenty days ago, but the prince of the power of the air, the Persia, withstood with, and withheld me from coming. You know, mm-hmm. Now this is Old Covenant. Hmm. But basically, here's what he said. He said, Daniel, I've come for thy words. Yes. That's what he said. That's exact phrase. If you look at it, Daniel... He says, the angel, Gabriel, said, I have come for your words. Hallelujah. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there was building material. He gave him prayer. His word, Prayer is words, right? Amen. He's praying for something. Amen. And he says, the angel shows up. Boom! He shows up. He says, hey, Daniel, I've come for your words. I've come for your words. Hallelujah. And so angels have been sent to minister Hebrews chapter, one, Hebrews chapter 1 and 2 it says A, the angels of God have been sent to minister to those that are heirs of salvation mm-hmm. and the way that they minister to us is we give them assignments by saying, see the Bible says they hearken, the Bible says God hearkens, the angels hearken yes. diligently unto the voice of the word of God yes, 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 yes. it's not just God it's the voice, we give voice to God's word and when we give voice to God's Word, the angels have something to work with. Mm. Many times angels can bring healings. They'll bring a miracle to someone here in the congregation that needs a healing. And it's, it's in their hands, and they just put it right inside. I wouldn't doubt for one second that that's happening right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Let's just praise the Lord for a minute here. Hallelujah! Worship you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. Hallelujah! Fresh anointing, Father. Fresh anointing for all of us here, Lord. Fresh, 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 fresh anointing. Thank you. yes trust me you this day this very moment
1: thank you
0: jesus Let's just praise God for a minute here. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
1: Lord. Praise Lord. Praise God. You know, I I've not had this happen, but just like I'm just saying the word angels. Every time I pray in tongues like like it's like angels are on high alert. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, like it, it's amazing. You started talking about that. I just, I just can't think about it enough. Yeah. 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 Like i in all my like praying in the spirit, I, I just it just keeps saying angels, angels, like constantly.
0: Sure. Sure. This is, well. Here's what I I'll close with this. There are angels. The Lord just showed me this, this in my spirit. There are angels that have been reserved for these particular times of wind yeah. right now. Alleluia. Um, Alleluia. Scripture talks about uh, an innumerable comp- company of angels. That means you can't count them.
1: Mm.
0: Forget about demons and devils, you, you can count them. But the angels of God, yeah. innumerable. God. Okay? God. And they have been reserved a portion of their job description they've been reserved for these times that we're living in right now because we need divine help. Okay. And that's how prayers get answered when you pray most more often than not, that's what happens. The angels go out, you're angels, and, and you got more than one. Okay. Jesus said, don't you know I can call down 12 legions of angels, you know? <laughs> well if he didn't do it so that we could. Okay? Because he t- he became the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's how he was supposed to die and be raised from the dead for mm-hmm. us. Amen. Yeah. Then he told. Didn't he tell the leader there. He said, "I could have called down twelve legions of angels. That's like, that's a lot of angels. Okay, something like hundred fifty thousand, something like that." So be encouraged today. You know, uh, Chris, as you're speaking the word of God yourself, and you're saying what God's word. God's heard your words. He's heard your prayers. He's heard what you're saying. And though you might be sitting there shaking in the flesh a lot of times in the natural, like, oh, God, I hope this works. You know what I mean? Just know this, that a tool works for anybody. A hammer will work for you. It'll work for me, the same hammer. And the Bible says God's word is like a hammer. Okay? He's, His word is inside you. And when you're speaking that word, be encouraged. That word is pounding at the enemy, pounding at that, that thing, okay? So I believe today that as you walk out of here, I didn't plan on doing this, that the spirit of God is going to, that boldness and that revelation is going to come up. We're just going to say what God's word says. Amen. 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 We're going to see it happen. Yeah. We're going to see it happen. Praise God.